Welcome back to the Prisoner Podcast. This is the podcast where we are reviewing all 692 episodes of the Australian TV show Prisoner, which aired for a whopping eight seasons between 1979 and 1986. Just as a reminder that you can find us on the socials via both Instagram and Facebook. Our handle on Instagram is at the underscore prisoner underscore podcast. And on Facebook, simply search for the Prisoner Podcast, where you'll find a ton of screen grabs from the most recent episodes, as well as other bits of information that Yvonne bothers to put out. So if you are on Instagram or on Facebook, consider to search for us, follow the accounts, like the posts, and comment away after you listen to the episodes. You can also, if you can also <laughs> take the time to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app or any of the directories where you are listening to us on. It will be greatly appreciated as those all-important algorithms help get our podcast out there into the ears of those who need to hear us but simply don't know it yet. So as always, I'm John and I am joined by, uh, I don't know, how would you say, a cigarette? (laughs) You were joined by... Karen Countdown. But look what I got. G'day, John. Hi, guys. You know what this is? A cigarette or whatever? Was it a fag? A big boss cigar or something? A big boss cigar. Oh, yeah, of course. Mother of them. Except I've never seen them in a packet like that. I normally used to buy them like for like separately. 15 cents at uh, at the The milk milk bars. Yeah. Yep. Mum found them at the reject shop in packets. Jeez, I might have to go down there. Get them, bro. It's from Finer Foods, F-Y-N-A. Do you know where that is? Hallam, Victoria. Okay, that's uh, sort of not – that's probably about half an hour from me. Do you want to hear what 45 the – minutes. you want to hear what the ingredients are? Shit. Oh, is it meat, is it? And now, remember with ingredients, in um, the, f- the first – it's in order of the greatest quantity, right? So the first one listed has the, is what's in there the most. So cane sugar – Glucose syrup, starch, gelatin, coconut oil, natural colours, sorbital, and then flavours. <laughs> okay, so um, with the gelatins, there's plenty of palm oil and so forth. So it's already like <laughs> for my job and un- ethically not approved. <laughs> Awful, isn't it? All right, anyway, how are you, mate? Well, you've done a bit of show and tell. <laughs> yep, go allow you do it now. To, allow me to do some show and tell. So. Can you hear that? What are those, mate? You want to tell people? John is holding a pre like he's already opened it, obviously. I couldn't a wait. Packet, <laughs> a packet of hobnobs. <laughs> you found hobnobs in Australia. Mc, McVitie's. McVitie's? 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 Yeah. Where did you find the hobnobs, mate? Aldi. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, Aldi. Yeah, they, 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 some of these like brands, the foreign right, supermarket. They're they're, um, they're here today, gone tomorrow. It's like it's like oh my god. Yeah, this super this little crappy little supermarket um, yep. in the, at the back of buddy nowhere is <laughs> uh, back of Springvale somewhere is like um, is shut down, and it's like these guys, these distributors have got like packets of these um, hobnobs, so they'll just go. Oh, we'll just send. Yeah, we'll do a deal with Aldi. You know, we'll charge them like. You know, I don't know, twenty cents a pack or whatever, and they'll do your charges two bucks. Um, You're a disgrace. <laughs> but um, uh, you you called them the the dirty. Uh, what did you how'd you describe them? I the, didn't um, call them that. Marky did, and he called them. Hang on, I think he called them like the slutty um, cousin of the digestive or something like that. You know, those digestives are so. Um, dangerous, Moorish, yes. Oh, oh, I could, I could open a pack of those, right? And I yeah. could eat them like a bag of chips, you know, like and right, yeah. within like a whole episode of whatever I'm watching, totally. it's done, <laughs> you know. And it's the same thing with these. So these are kind of lo- like that, except they haven't. Um, these are a little bit more. Um, got uh, it's sort of like a half strength, like honeycomb type. Uh, like it, it's like the it's like a difference between a honeycomb and a ginger snap. That's and then a it's great just, and it's just got description. Chocolate. Yeah. Well, okay. 
Mark described it as the hobnob is often regarded as the digestive's sluttier cousin because it can take a few good dunkings. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dunk away as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I mean, he's right up my alley, that bloke. It's, it's really fun. The one, the one thing that I would ask is like, I wonder if um, in England, so this one is with milk chocolate. What would make this irresistible, right? Is if mm. they get it with dark chocolate. You know, like well, the digestives you can maybe buy. Maybe they milk. have it over there, like they have an extended range. Oh, they'd have to. And we've just got like the uh, <clears throat> the light version, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the, the one thing I do note, right, is that yes. we've seen these uh, McVitie things. McVitie's? Mm. McVitie's? Yeah. Um, McVi- but, um, is it McVitie's? There's uh, only one T, so is it a T? I don't know, titties, vitties, something like that. <gasps> McVitie's titties. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so the one thing that I have noticed, and I know we mm-hmm. talked about it the other day, is that the you used to have the Queen's, the Royal Crest, you know, like as if yes. they would. Um, yes. Pre- this, this is like, you know, the Queen's favourite bikini yes. at, tea, at you know, tea time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to not be there. Now, whether that's because it's international, I don't know. But, mm. um, or maybe they lost the con- maybe she's gone to Tim Dams now or something. I don't know, but um, I don't know either. But he's a- yeah, well, I mean, or yo-yos or whatever, whatever. Or they just don't give us the crest over here. They literally change the packaging on us because they don't think we're worth it. Correct. Up yours, guys. Hey, I have to also do another piece of housekeeping from one of our previous podcasts. Uh-oh. Do you? No, 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 it's fine. Do you? <laughs> do you remember when I said, no. um, I called out mum to say, can you please let me know when you hear this? Did someone in the family or did I make it up have a gorilla hand ashtray? I remember you mentioning something a couple of weeks ago. In the depths of my mind, I'm like, did I make that up as a child or was that real? Now. Oh, yeah, we were talking about ashtrays because it was like something that we were talking about. Was it because of. um, Yes. Like if you you go to um, souvenir shops in Melbourne, like I'm sure you'd be able to find ashtray. I'm not saying you can't find it, but it's nowhere near as prevalent. Yeah, we were talking. Yeah, I think it was because we were talking about Leanne just smoking all over the joint. So mum said. Nonno and nonna, grandparents, had a gorilla with its hand out. You pressed the hand and a cigarette came out of its stomach. Not a real gorilla, obviously it was fake. Nonno said it was a time waster and he preferred the fags to stay fresh in their foil wrapper. (laughs) Someone gave it as a gift from overseas. (laughs) Uh, Don't you just wish we had that still? That to me just uh, reeks of class. 100%, uh, mate. You know, from... Yeah. From, it's definitely it's, it just sounds like Europe, yeah. Do you know what they had? Do you know what they used to have? You know when all the wogs, and I bet you there's still some hanging around. So you might not even know this, but they always had weird shit. Like they always had weird gifts, like for anniversaries, like for your 40th anniversary, someone would give them. I remember my my grandparents had on the table in their house at some stage these awful glazed, like shiny ceramic horses, like these porcelain horses together coming up together, like a statue. Like a table centerpiece. What is that? I don't know. It's, then there was yeah, clocks and then there was those disgusting vases and stuff. Loved it. Everything about it was amazing. Does anyone I, remember the pine cone aftershave? Oh, Pino. Uh, the other thing, the the other thing that I would amazing. say that I that um yeah. I remember from my twenty first, like three or four different people got me one of those um <gasps> those things that you um hang no. outside, right? It tells you the time and it's got the um the temperature and all that sort of thing. It looks like a like a mangulated key or something. What do they call it? Like a weather vane or something. Like oh, that. And it's just like, remember no. those things were like in the nineties. They were like no. It's just like you, what, you got three of those. Oh, just I. They're horrible. <sighs> like why would you give some? Why would you give someone that for their eighteenth? Uh, it's just ridiculous. Well, I think that's just wrong. Town people should just be giving you cash, mate. <sighs> I, I, I unfortunately for me. <laughs> If I was your uncle, do you know what? If I was your uncle, do you know what I would have given you? Bag of apples. <laughs> yeah, apple bandit bastard. For the apple bandit. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, we've been actually off air talking for like a hundred years, so we're probably going to head into the two a.m. vicinity here, and it is only what day is it, John? 
Wednesday. Oh, at, at this stage, yeah, Wednesday. Honestly, this week is going so slow. Mm. I'm going to drive out to Wheeler's Hill on Saturday. Ah, oh, do you know where nice that is? Drive. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so near, near um nice VF, near the old uh, VFL Park, and like Joe, oh. like Joe's Park. You know when um. Oh, when, when Lizzie, Lizzie and, and yeah, Erica yeah, go. Yeah, when they went to that, uh, when they went maybe to visit. Maybe I'll do a um, swing by and, and bring. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll do a swing by the park and bring my Yobo hat and just really get my Lizzie on. Long story. Anyway, John, what are we doing? So we are doing Prisoner episode 56. So shall yes. I just jump straight into the Jump into it. I'm very excited that we're actually doing 56. Yeah, because I think this is a this is a banger, yeah? It's a banger. <laughs> so this is it. So Prisoner episode 56 first went to air Wednesday, the 4th of September, 1979. Where were you? So in the aftermath of the attempted robbery of the at the petrol station, Leanne and Deddy are caught and turn to Jean as their only source of help. And this triggers Meg to finally say no when Jean asks if she can still stay. The lack of a doctor begins to affect the day-to-day at Wentworth, with Doreen's foot now badly infected, with no medical attention available. Karen begins to feel um, how claustrophobic her guardian is making her, wanting to know her every movement, and what she's doing whilst whilst placing expectations of her in her spare time. There is an argument that she has had more freedom in Wentworth than what she has right now. Erica is desperate and attempts to lure Dr. Miller back via a sneaky ploy on Meg. And the women are fed up with the lack of medical attention. Medical, uh, sorry, Melinda Cross is back and as nasty as ever as she blurts out that Karen has also been in Wentworth whilst at the university amongst friends and is currently in and as an inmate causing Karen to run away crying. (laughs) Miss Roberts comes to dinner whilst Karen accepts Melinda's offer to become her new flatmate. Moni makes a big call as she disobeys B's commands and Melinda's plans for abortions are dealt a cruel blow. Quite a bit to unpack in that one. There's yeah, quite man, a, heaps. Yeah. I've got like six pages. Um, so where yes. do you want to start with this one? Ooh, okay. I've written notes and I put page numbers on them like way, way, way long time ago. So hopefully that order still works. Let's start with Leanne, because remember in the last episode, the end of it was when Leanne and her dumb bloke, Denny. Knocked back a job to do a job. Knocked back a a genuine job to do a dodgy dodgy job. And then the cops got called, right? So Meg and Jean are breakfasting. Meg, can I just talk about Meg's turtleneck for one second? (laughs) Meg is wearing a turtleneck. There is turtlenecks like- all the way through this episode. Oh, that was one of the things I wrote. Oh my god! Down. Yes, right. In the in the like, I know we'll get to the surgery, right? The, but was the, it just the, a mm-hmm. the guy that's getting the the um the chest with the stethoscope and everything? Like the, how thick was like- it? Like <laughs> a super cold ass day on the set because. Meg's turtleneck looks like a foam neck brace. They were huge. They were huge at the time. It was massive. She looks like a bloody like I don't mm. know what's going on. See, see, in this, it's the way that I see it. Right, is that in the seventies, it was like figure hugging around your neck, right? Yep. And through your body, but whereas you know, when you come to like the late eighties, right, mm. it actually has it actually droops down and. And, got the cow- and the ladies have like you know the ability. they call that a, a cow cow neck. Oh yeah, the ladies have the ability to what, John? So, <laughs> or to what lower it a little, you know, to, choke to see, cleavage to see a neck. Well, no, no, oh, not that far oh, down. Oh, but oh, 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 oh. Do you remember Bee's cleavage when she was out with her mate when she escaped? Remember in that green dress? Woo. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bloody turtlenecks this thing's disgusting and it's a double turtleneck because <clears throat> it rolls up and then she rolls it back down over it so like can i can i just say where go. we where we work 
I still have mm-hmm. in my bag, in my in my drawer of uniforms, no. the Skiffy. You do not. I absolutely you do. not. Do. It's got the thing there with the, the logo. and Get out. Do you remember those, Jennifer? Oh, my God, brilliant. I don't think I ever had the Skiffy, but Jennifer would have. <gasps> Amazing. Maybe I did have it. No, they were, they, were, they were like the long sleeve. And you know, like I used to have to go get the polos um, taken up because they're too long. And they were small. Anyway, whatever. Um, the turtleneck threw me for a long time. I had to actually pause and walk off. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't look at her. I was like, yeah, "Is this a joke?" It's hideous, isn't it? It's it, it's it's like it's like her. It's like the the actual thick thickness and length of it is almost mm. the size of her head. It's the same width as her head, John. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I know. And she looks so uncomfortable. Like I'm looking at her, going, "You look uncomfortable." Like, have you got something wrong with your neck under there? Because the she looked and stiff. And... That was awful. Yeah. It was unconvincing. And you could tell she didn't like it. Anyway, Leanne didn't come home last night. And the reason was because she got bloody arrested for attempted robbery and violence. Jing picks up the phone. She learns all this from Leanne. Meg gets to say, I told you so, in her voice. You know how she is. Mm. And for the first time in her life... Mrs. Jackson says no when Jean asks if Leanne can come back to the flat if she gets her out on bail. And you know what? I was a bit disappointed in Jean. It's like, you know. Yes. Like, it's like you've, you've pushed the boundaries now. Yep. And and at what stage do you, like, you're not a, you're not a guardian. You're breaking every rule. Yeah. Um, here, it's, um, yeah, this is getting a little bit old now. And, like, how much of a hustler are you and how much do you not care about Meg? Because she should be ashamed that she's asking that. Mm, yeah. I, I was, think. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, not her finest. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Mm. Um, so, anyway, in the meanwhile, Jean Nick asks, Nick Minner, Jean goes to the jail, to Wentworth, and she asks Erica to censor all the newspapers about Leanne's case. Because she's worried that Nolene's going to see them, right? The problem there is this part frustrated me. Oh, the whole thing was stupid. <laughs> she's worried that Nolene's going to go berserk at the do-gooders, which is her and Meg, and ruin her chances of parole. Even though Erica brings up a good point, the newspapers can't name Leanne due to her age. So how would they know it was her? So, and my so- next question is, how does Lizzie know that it's her? So why so censor what- it? I, this is yep. a thing, right? It's like, why do you need to censor? It? I'd say to her, no, we don't just censor things willy-nilly for no reason. We're not doing that. And you know when later Lizzie picks it up out of the bin, and we'll get to that later, but she picks it, the newspaper clipping out of the bin because hmm. they censor it by doing this, guys. They cut the article out. Don't scrunch it up. They just they just lower it into the bin. Then they have two prisoners who do bin duty. And Lizzie, being the scummish she is, picks it right up and goes, oh, what is this? But how does Lizzie know it's Nolene's daughter? Lizzie doesn't know anything about Nolene's daughter. How does she piece it together? Uh, it's, it's, it's loose. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's loose. loose right. It's loose on the script. Like Chrissy? And, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. Yep. Um, I'll say it again to her face. You bastard. She will bitch slap you so hard. I want to be bitch slapped by her hair. <laughs> So hard, John. <laughs> we can make that happen. She, you know, I think she's. Um, I love her. She's in Sydney somewhere. We can troll her or something. And I love her. Lure her out into yeah. doing an episode or something. Yep. But, um But that was the worst, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a little embarrassing. It was very loose. Um, you know, we don't expect perfection because you know there's a low budget. Because associated. it's prisoner from seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, we, you know, sometimes you just got to. Yep. roll with it you know but yeah. I, I think that when they specifically start mentioning things like about the age and then you know and then you go and find it it's just like mm. uh maybe just don't even worry about the age thing just they shouldn't have they shouldn't have brought the go, age bit into it just roll with it you know and let people let 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 the squares and the point dexters work that one out yeah because let's face it the squares and the points dexters weren't watching wentworth uh, oh yeah oh hello um <laughs> Sorry, Nolene popped up on me yeah. screen and I disappeared. Um, yep. My six-year-old nephew 
was looking at Zoom before and he saw your obviously daughter, yeah? my nephew. <laughs> oh, wait, my background. No, I was, trying to, I was trying to mess with you. It doesn't work, does it? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen to me and look at me at the same time. I don't bullshit. Listen, don't <laughs> yeah. bullshit our bullshit our bro. <laughs> We're going to do a kickbox me in the head for one second, but in my bed, I'm going to kick roundhouse kickbox you that I have, bro. In my head, yes, though, I do. Did... <laughs> Is that the guy's name? That radio guy from the 90s? What's his name? Guido Hatsis. Guido Hatsis. He used to say, like, he used to like ring up people and, you know, like, who thought that was like a real, it's like prank calls, right? You say, <laughs> yo, I'm going to do, mate. And, and the guy, like, it deliberately antagonizes, like, just a, a general. Gen, just a general person off the street, you know, uh, yep. you know, yep. gets them to you know, react and goes, I'm going to come and kickbox you roundhouse. I'm going to roundhouse head, mate. Right. <laughs> and I hate prank calls so hard. I can't listen to them on radio, but Guido Hatsis was funny. <laughs> I'm going to roundhouse kick you to the head. Um, For a second, my brain went, oh, my God, he's got me. Like, I was like, what is he saying to me? I, but I, I you know Triple M did a CD quick, of him. I, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like, what like, I heard. It's it, it was yeah, it's one of those things back in the '90s. You know, like you'll never yeah. find it. No, but, um, but then you'll see it stuff. like in the middle of nowhere. You know, in a fifty cent yeah. thing over there. Chelsea they just can't get rid of it. Yeah. I'm looking for um the Martin Malloy album. Oh, the brown one. Mm-hmm. The brown and bag. the twelfth. Do you remember the twelfth man? The twelfth man is on vinyl just down the road from me. Really. Hmm. Can you pick it up for me? Mm. Do it. I'll um, PayPal you or whatever the hell you do. You only use cash, don't you, you old man? No, no, no. I use um, the phone. Phone <laughs> all the way. I don't carry Bro. cash anyway. Me neither. I can't help the homeless anymore. That's a lie. I can't help them. I just choose not to. That's also a lie. Now, how much, you, how much are you prepared to pay for it? What kind of markup are you thinking? No, 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 not, no, no, not a markup at all. Just what, do you have like, to bargain with them? Just like if I if I go down there and they say, oh, it's 50 bucks, do you still want it? No. What do you want, like 20? Yeah, 20. Which one? Max which, 23. Which, which version? Oh, my God. What version it's, have it's, you got, it's, mate? It's, it's, it's been sitting there for, like, months. What, um, what do you mean what version? Because, you know, like the 12th man did, like, a couple of different um, ones. I think this is the original one. Yeah, whichever. Whatever, whatever. Well, the one where they're playing um, Pakistan in <laughs> yes. the cricket. Yeah. <laughs> get the, it. The, the really racist one. <laughs> yes, I'm going to get it for my daddy. He's going to love it. He's okay. going to love it. Sick. I'm going to make him play it. We're going to sit around the fire listening to the most racist, funny thing ever. <sighs> anyway, guys, side note on this, I just have to say, yes, we both agree. They shouldn't have brought the age into it. We should have just said, yes, we're going to try and censor the article to keep Leanne Burke's name out of Wentworth, right? Mm-hmm. But also, here's the other thing. You don't censor newspapers to, to try to prevent one prisoner from going off her banana and losing parole. Because if you're that quick at going off your trolley by reading an article like that, you probably shouldn't be out on parole. Just putting it out there. Oh, my God. Mom told me today she was listening to the radio. Do you know? Do you remember um, Ricky Nixon? Yeah, the uh, player manager. The, the douchebag. The disgraced, the disgraced one. Manager. So now he's trying to do some other um, – just go with me, UKs. He's trying to do some intravenous drip health thing, apparently, like he's got a, new, a health business or something, and a current affair, Herald Sons and all that kind of thing. They, they, they went up to him on the street to ask him about it, and obviously he's had dealings with them before. So I don't know what's happened, but apparently he <laughs> – the reporter rang 3AW and said, um, Ricky Nickerson's elbow is just connected with my jaw. Ricky Nixon apparently just bang today, straight up in public. And then when they're on the radio, when the journalist is on the reporters on the radio to 3AW, Nixon comes back and he starts going, yeah, it's a, this is a, you know, harassment. This is blah, 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 blah. Full public today, this happened. So he's got back in the news again, hasn't he? Google him, everyone. It's just, you know, like, um, I guess for those that don't know, he was like a player, he used to play for Hawthorne and then went yep. to St Kilda. Or was he at St Kilda and went to Warthorn or something like that? Mm. You know, was just like a, an average Joe player, you know, nothing to write home about. Um, and then yep. but made his name as a player manager. And um, what was he disgraced for? Uh, well, he was, um, I think, um, he took up with a schoolgirl. 
well, that's right. There was there was the inappropriate behavior like that. Um, and then you know, you used to go <laughs> on like drug benders and we used and there to was wake some sort up. of like fake autographs like, on merchandise and stuff or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and um waking up naked on Allegedly. the Baltic Bridge or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, isn't that, is that right? Oh, who like hasn't that? done that though, for God's sakes. Um <laughs> Um, but, but, no, he used to wake up, like, in Crown Towers or something. A couple of times they caught him. Yeah, he'd woken up because he was just completely blown. Oh, he, he was going to jump off the top of oh. – Yeah, well, you can't anymore. I don't know if that's right, but I think sometimes – There's been all these things. Yeah, he'd wake yeah. up in, in Crown Towers somewhere mm. and mm-hmm. um, not know who he was and <laughs> stumbling around. What and, a life. My point being – Nolene probably shouldn't be out on parole if she's that willing to skits it over something like that when you know you're two days away from your parole. And I was like, just imagine being like that, like this this bloke. Imagine that's your first reaction to something is to be violent. Imagine if that's just your go-to as a reaction to anything. Your response is to elbow someone in the face. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't because I'm way too short anyway. Well, that's I think he's just a person that's – just lost all grips with reality and um, probably never had him decency. But the thing is, he's so jaded about the media that, because the media just see him as like a, a cash grab, you know. That's it. I know. Clickbait. I know. It's so awful. Who watches those awful shows anyway? So anyway, I just want to do a side note about Meg. So this, so you remember the officer with the young Aussie Osborne hair? Yeah. She's been asked to censor it. Okay, so Meg's there as well in the in the office as she's sitting there. And I don't know if you're shaking your head about what I'm about to say or you're just shaking your head in general. This Aussie Osborne head woman says, <laughs> she's going through the newspaper and she's like, I'll never understand economics. They're always saying prices have to go up because wages have gone up, but wages only go up because prices go up. And then Meg says, Wrong. It's in- <laughs> Meg says, it's, it's, infl- now. <laughs> it's inflation. And then she- the officer says, it's like the theory of relativity, I suppose. I don't understand that either. <laughs> She's clearly in the right job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Meanwhile, I know the whole thing. Next minute. Next minute, can we talk about Doreen's gardening fork foot? Oh, yeah, please. That foot is so bad. How? Remember how she got, she stabbed herself with the pitchfork? How good is the graphics in this, though? I was super impressed with whoever the artist was who made the foot, the top of her foot. So B comes in, right, to the cell. She checks this foot that's been, um, you know, uh, wound. What do you call this thing? Bloody, what do you call this thing? Strapping, all right? She unwraps the foot with this bandage. That's the word. There's like lumps of shit everywhere. Oh, oh my god, it looked so realistic. It looked like skin had been like pulled back, and it's, it was just it's gross. Her real foot. I reckon it was, and they did a great <laughs> job. Whoever did that, top notch, guys. It looked awful, and they did a real close up of it too, which I was really happy about. I'm like, yes, there must have been That's so. That's the one thing about prison. Like, there was no. They didn't show away from no, it. There's no showing away from some of the most disgusting things you've ever seen. <laughs> they should have had more. Um, so, B's worried about tetanus. Lizzie starts on, as she does, you know, she's full hypochondriac. She starts on about how you could swell up like a balloon and all this stuff if you get antibiotics. I've heard about those. And Doreen's starting to get super stressed, like a full idiot, right? It's like, shut up, Lizzie. And B's just looking at her going, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out Jim did the bandaging and he clearly learned it from the army because it's actually quite a good job. And B even mentions that, but it doesn't seem to be doing enough. Like Doreen's in a hell of a lot of pain. I don't understand why they sent her back to the hospital, but didn't keep her there. They've just sent her straight back with the worst foot wound I've ever seen. Very, very naive, isn't it? Super. The whole the whole thing with, with Fletch and... You know, it just, uh, I know there's a storyline, but it's its just mm. not realistic at all. No, it's not. It's not. And, you know, B, D, B um, you know, Jim, Jim comes in, he looks at it, and you can see he's actually a bit concerned about it. And B demand, demands to see the governor because she wants to get a doctor. And even though Fletch reckons Eric has already tried everything she can, 
he does take a look at Doreen's foot and he agrees. He's like, all right, I'll let you go and see her. Even though she's probably done everything she can. So I thought that was pretty good of him. Like, he's like, all right, you know what? Let's do a Hail Mary. We'll send B in there. Exactly. All right. (laughs) Monica is in the laundry. Um, and she's hoping that B gets a result because it's been like two days and Mon is still feeling sick. She's been sick for like two days. And she actually has been saying this in the last couple of episodes. Oh, I'm just feeling crook. I'm feeling, you know, real down. And Nolene laughs and goes, <laughs> maybe you're up the duff. <laughs> she's so funny. Like what a, what a random, right? B and Erica. Butt heads about not being able to get a doc. Erica wants to follow the procedure of getting a doc through the system. B's not satisfied. She wants Greg to have a look at Dorian's foot. At least get Greg in to do one last favor. So Erica tries to persuade Meg to do one last gag favor and get Greg to look at the foot, but she refuses. Right? This was pretty. This was a low blow. Uh, you know, totally by by Erica. Totally, she even she even mentions, ah. you know, oh, I thought I'd give it a try. Right, you know, it's like she's where was like, this you back door jobs, you know. You got, I mean? Yeah, she's like, I'm just like, wow, and like, so okay, she even calls Greg after this because Meg refuses. She calls Greg, he refuses. That's fair enough. He's super busy at his own practice, right? When you know when you're building your own business. And not just when you're you're building it. Like for years, you have no time for anything else, let alone something you're not getting paid for where you left that place because it was getting you down, right? Correct. Lizzie, meanwhile, finds the censored article in the bin. The way way that Ozzy Osbourne here (laughs) threw it, (laughs) placed it. She fluttered it down into the bin. So nicely into the very bottom of the bin. Yep. Tell me what you don't cut it up, you don't screw it up, you don't put it through a shredder. Okay, you may not have had a shredder, a shredder. in those days, but surely you could rip it in half and, Tear it up, and mate. completely destroy it. It's got to um, be. And then, it's, yeah. And then the prisoners to have access to to emptying bins of important documents. To the office bins. It's oh. the office bins. Surely. There should be an officer that empties those bins at the end of the night. They're yeah. two, it's two paper bins, guys, two waste paper baskets. Then you go into Erica's and you get hers. Mm. Love it. Don't know. Yeah, anyway. Well, she doesn't, you know, oh, she you doesn't know, understand the theory of relativity. What do you expect? It's like um, it's like Meg going up to uh, Lizzie. Lizzie, can you go into uh, Erica's office and just empty the bins? Every please, time. please, would you do us that favour? And, yep. and Lizzie go, oh, okay. And just walk into her office and just well, you know, no. <laughs> attack the wine or whatever the decanter. It's a great That's idea. how stupid that was. It was just What about when they um they let Lizzie serve them their dinner in their staff room? She could just like overhear anything she wants. Yeah. It's um, fantastic. Come on. Lizzie gets everywhere around that joint, doesn't she? <laughs> she gets everywhere. Anyway. She sees the article. Somehow in her mind, she's worked out that it's Leanne. And she's wrapped that she has some drama to unfold. She's very excited about this. Doreen's foot is so bad at this point, John, she can't even stand on it. It's like your shoulder, but a foot version. She couldn't even stand on it. B's had enough, so she plans a hunger strike, where we've seen again. Um. Moni doesn't want to be included in the hunger strike because she doesn't want to risk her parole. And B tells her, I don't give a shit. You have to be part of it. That's what you do in a in a gang, right? That would be really hard though, I reckon. Like imagine if your parole's coming up, but you're one of the top dog you're in the top dog group and the top dog wants to do something dodge. Exactly. That's that's what you gotta do though. <laughs> if you wanna be in that group, that's the risk you take. Nolene also refuses for some reason, and it turns out she's got two days to go for her parole, so she also doesn't want to risk her parole. Lizzie gives B the article on Leanne to use as leverage to get Nolene's cooperation. Mm, interesting. It's, um, yeah, that, yeah, we've already touched on that, so I won't go back there. Yep. But um, 
I guess, like, like, like I've always said, you just need to accept it and move on. So the hunger strike is on, okay? Monica, clearly unhappy about it. Nolene comes in. So they're in, sorry, so they're in the, uh, what are they in? They're in the rec, they're in the dining hall, right? They're eating dinner, but they're not because they're clearly not eating. Mon's unhappy, but she's smoking. Nolene comes in late and just sits down and starts eating because she <laughs> don't give a shit. B gets up, fully gets up and leans over Leanne and show, uh, sorry, leans over Nolene and shows her the article about Leanne in the hope that she'll become annoyed mm -hmm. at the authorities and she'll take the women's side. Previous to this, she has passed on this message to all the women saying, don't do any violence or anything without my signal, but never told them what the signal was. <clears throat> Instead, Nolene calls Vera and B a crummy bitch and piffs her dinner plate onto the floor. <laughs> you crummy bitch. Smashes her plate. Then the women, thinking this is the um, this is the signal, start rioting. They start throwing fucking food and shit. The officers call a lockdown. Yeah. Again, this has happened before. They shut the gates and the women barricade themselves in to the dining room. Now, B calls them all morons because she specifically said no violence until she says so, not Nolene. So she now is worried because she thinks she's going to be transferred for sure now, right? She wasn't supposed to cause any trouble and she has. Erica again appeals to Meg to ask for Greg's help to look at Doreen's foot because that's basically all they're asking for in this barricaded dining hall is to get a doctor and also get someone to look at Dorian's foot. <clears throat> now, he agrees with Meg to come, but only for this one time. <laughs> I'll give you my opinion on this. Send Doreen to hospital. How hard is it? Why is she in the cell? Send her to the damn hospital. And do you know what I'd keep doing? Every time a woman was sick in there, I'd send them to the hospital so that the Commonwealth, the government, would get shitty about it. And I'd say, well, we don't have a doctor, so I'm going to continue to send them there until you give me a bloody doctor. Until someone's suffering, you don't like you know when you want to pass something here, like a regulation or a whatever the fucking government? None of these rich white men give a shit until it impacts one of them, right? Yeah. Nothing ever changes until these scummers. Oh, now I care. Oh, do you, mate? Do you? <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. I just it it, it mate. Uh, you know, at at this stage, you know, there are so many frustrating yes parts of the script that yes. just is simply just <laughs> utter lunacy, right? Utter lunacy <laughs> in this episode, ab like ab absolutely. But you know what? Like, you just roll with it. Of course I, I, you, do. you know, it's um, but I, agree <laughs> I love with it. You. I, I love agree it. It's just, um, I love that it's so terrible. That's why we actually do this podcast for the terribleness of it. <laughs> you roll with it and you go, okay, mates, like it's good. I love it. Um, didn't send it to hospital. I don't know. We don't even know where she is. Let's hope her leg doesn't have to get lopped mm. off at this point. B does a deal with Erica that if she can see that Greg is actually physically there when he treats Doreen, she'll go back to the barricaded dining hall and she'll stop the protest. That's B's deal, right? She's like, fine. So she she goes off to the surgery. Greg's there. B's trying to convince him to come back and all this crap, right? And he's just refusing again. He's like, no, I'm not coming back. This is the only time. He's treated Doreen. Jim says B's getting too big for her boots, right? Mm -hmm. So this is when – this is so funny. They're in the reception area. It's Greg and Jim. <laughs> and Jim goes, oh, that B's getting too big for her boots. And Greg calls her Bob Hawk, a hardline yeah, this... <laughs> hard negotiator for the oppressed. LOL. He laughs. And all out for Medibank. <laughs> what was wrong with Bob Hawk, mate? Nothing was wrong with Bob Hawk. Well, was he was he in power yet? Was it still um No well remember, do you remember when Vinegar Tits was hanging around with bloody scumbag what's his face? Bill Hunter? Uh uh Oh god, what was his name? 
George Lucas. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when she's waiting for him or something? She's flipping oh the newspaper that shows us that he gets arrested. There's an article in there about Bob Hawke MP, blah, blah, blah. So this is just before he comes into power. So he yeah. must have been up in his campaign at this time. I, I look, I thought I thought Bob Hawke was a little bit later than 70, because we're in 79 now. Yeah, he's um, in he, he's he it's may, maybe the, 83. I think like the, yeah, whatever the next went, election is, it's Bob Hawke gets it. Yeah. And then was it Keating after him in 91? Was it oh. Houston? Or Dr. Hewson or whatever, you know, that liberal guy. But um yeah, Ugh. but yeah, but he was in power for a long time. You know, he was um, he was, he was 80, for a long, long time. I would say eighty three to maybe ninety. Would it have been Bob and um Bobby? Bob and John Howard have the longest serving or Whitlam. How long was Whitlam in there? Twenty uh, third Prime Minister, mate. He held it he held it from nineteen eighty three to nineteen ninety one. What an effort. And then Bob I remember Hawk. I remember it was Paul Keating. And then after Keating. Yes, it was Paul Keating. It all went downhill there. Uh, and then No, Malcolm Fraser preceded by Malcolm Fraser, succeeded by Paul Keating. Goff and it, look, Goff Whitlam, wasn't he maybe early seven early to mid seventies? I'd say he would be seventy two to seventy six or seventy five. Yeah. So who was um hang on a sec. Malcolm Fraser was 1983 to 1983. <laughs> no, no, no. He was he was after, he was after Whitlam. Oh, he, he was, was leader like, of the opposition. Sorry. Yeah, he I'm was. It wrong. He was after um, Whitlam. He was um, yeah, 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 75. Yeah. He was probably 70. He was no one. He was the one in between. Part of our podcast. He was the one 75 <laughs> through to 83, and then Bob Hawke defeated him, and then the whole thing about America's Cup and. Yeah. No child shall live in poverty. And uh, they need to change the photo of Anthony. By 1999, no, by 1990, no, no Australian child shall live in poverty. That's it. <laughs> Hello. Can I just say, though? You get Alan, over-promised and under-delivered on that uh, one, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, who can ever bloody promise anything with that? But I do have to say our new Prime Minister has fantastic glasses. Oh, Sir Edmund Barton, 1849 to 19... Ugh, these guys are the whitest guys of all time. Look at all these guys. Well, they're all oh, indoors, they're, you know. They're, they're not ones to sit at the beach and do bits oh, and that's pieces. The, and... Yeah, that's the reason they're white. That's the reason they're white. <laughs> oh, hang on. Robert Menzies twice. I don't know anything about – they're so white, these men. Can we get another one in, something different? I'm loving the UK ones coming up at the moment. Because Boris – or made Boris. Well, he's gone. Yeah. But – um. I don't know. I'd like to look at someone. Oh, God, you should see the photo of Tony Abbott. It's horrendous. Hang on. Who were you asking me about? Paul Keening. It was Bob Hawke before him, Malcolm Fraser. Gough Whitlam was just before Malcolm Fraser. Yeah. And Whitlam was, was only in for a few years. Whitlam. Um, Whitlam. Whitlam. Two years, 341 days. Oh, that's, 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 William uh, McMahon. Listen to these white names, guys. John Gorton. John McEwen, Harold Holt, oh, whatever, Ben Chifley. The salt. Can you yep. pass the Harold Holt? Frank, <laughs> Frank Ford, John Curtin, Arthur Fadden, Menzies, Sir Earl Page, 19 days. And oh, what happened with him? Maybe we should do a podcast on these idiots. He was a surgeon. Like a surgeon. Hey. Wait. Cutting for the very first time. <laughs> What do you Anyhow. mean he was only a prime minister for nineteen days? It's probably just a, a you know, yeah, a you know, some, somebody left and, and he just assumed power until the next. It was probably the next. during the war, and there was some weird thing. Do mm. you know what? There's actually an American president that like became president and like died like four days later or something. <laughs> anyway, listen to this, guys. He likens B to Bob Hawke. I don't actually think that's much of a problem, but whatever. When B sees Erica in the office later, she says, we're not leaving the dining room until we get a permanent doctor. Here's the problem. Here's the rub, John. Monica, in the meanwhile, has convinced the women to leave and go back to their cells. She's convinced them to agree to that. And she wants me to put in a good word for her that it, to the parole board that she broke it up. And mm -hmm. Nolene's like, I helped too. Let me out. 
Jim puts B in solitary as a result. So they all go behind her back. Vera doesn't tell him that he's going against Erica's orders because I'm pretty sure Erica just says, wrap it up, like, mm. don't do not do anything. But Jim's like, you're going to solitary, and Vera's like, <laughs> So you just mentioned before about... Um... Yes. About the parole of uh, not Monty, but um, Nolene. For Nolene, right? Mm-hmm. What happened two episodes ago with the ring, right? Yeah. What's happened? What? What? Like, who's? What? What's the charge? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like it's forgotten. She... Yeah. It's like because you could easily just trace that back to um to Nolene. Well, she Nolene admitted gave it. it to you. She so, admitted. Yeah, and, and she's wanting. To, and she's wanting to get, And she's wanting now to get parole. She admitted that she pinched <laughs> a dead woman's stolen ring yep. and then smuggled it out of the jail and nothing has happened. But now Absolutely. she's worried about parole. Absolutely. So good, isn't it? You know it. So good. So anyway, uh, Vera's loving it because bees in solitary because, let's face it, these are one of her favourite things. Be in solitary, mon with no smokes, Lizzie with no fags. I don't know. So anyway, bees in solitary for two weeks, that's a scumbag move because that's a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Nolene and Monica get reprieves from Erica. And as you said, no one mentions the ring pinching. Um, It's forgotten. It's totally forgotten. That storyline's sailed into the sunset. It's done and dusted. So what I'm loving is they've Erica's gone. We'll just release Nolene in two days as planned. <clears throat> Although I suspect that won't be the last we see of her. I'm like, well, what's the point? What's the yeah. point? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was a huge, huge hunger strike, which actually didn't end up being a hunger strike. It was like maybe they missed one meal, right? Yeah. Uh, this is like the worst storyline because it involves Karen. The Karen countdown. Anyway, Karen. Karen's house manager, because that's what I've decided to call Marjorie Witten, tells Karen now she's paid her debt to society and needs to get back out in the world to be brought back into the fold. <laughs> she's even using these biblical bloody crap oh, terms. It makes me sick. As soon as I see, as soon as she starts talking like this, I'm like, Then she goes on to say, I did my duty taking you in, etc. blah, blah, blah. Total passive aggressive here, right? Karen runs out of the house because she's got her lectures. She just needs to get out of there, you can tell. Obviously, she just wants to get away from the crazy religious lady. She's walking through the park and she's having flashback audio of not, like, of all the things that she's heard, like Nolene and all those people in jail saying, you know, you're not going to be able to fit back into society. But then she goes to uni and she seems a little bit happier once she's on campus. Like, okay, okay, I've got my bearings. I've reset. She meets that old friend of hers. You know, the blonde, whoever the hell she is? Uh, Susie. Susie. Chat away, la, 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 la. Melinda bloody rocks up. Because this she's gone. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> because she's gone back to uni. Remember how I said she hated uni and she said I would have been better off just getting a job? No, she's gone back to uni. She's got two. Pe- she's got two friends around her. Blah blah blah. She says Karen runs right up to Karen, starts talking to her about how good it is to see her out of Wentworth. Oh, so you got parole, did you? I was just telling. I was just telling um these these two how good Wentworth was. Didn't you think so? And then Karen runs off. <laughs> Can you? Oh, I just. I was go. astounded. <laughs> but then <laughs> but, yeah, they're, 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 there's one bit, you know, it's like it's it's like when Susie and, and Karen are both talking and then they yeah. and then you can see Belinda and somebody else coming up in, um, in the background. Yeah. And then yeah. Susie goes, Oh, there's Belinda. Did you hear about her? Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 a disgrace. You know, she'd been in prison. Yep. And then when it comes out like that, the way that that was done, I thought was was magnificent. Um, it was amazing. Are you kidding? It was um, <laughs> so good. But how vindictive is this, Melinda Cross? I mean, 
as if you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, and then it's like you take it from yeah. here. I, I mean, I think that's all that needs to be said, but yeah. the next part is the amazing part. Yeah. One thing that did annoy me, though, like you brought it up about Susie saying about, oh, did you hear what happened with Melinda? Like, yeah. oh, and disgusting. like judging her. Yeah. But you know what shit me about that? They had, they've had lectures before that they discussed in front of us, yeah. <laughs> like we were there, where they had um, ex-officers from prisons talking about rehab rehabilitation and how officers go into this job and affect women in prison or, or, or prisoners. So isn't she doing some kind of sociology, psychology major? Well, Shouldn't she be yeah, more all... tolerant and open instead of judge? Like, it shocks me that she's not going, this is the perfect example of why we're in this course, yeah. to understand why this happens. Yeah, you're talking very maturely about- Thank you. Um, Why, about... thank you. Everybody heard that. <laughs> Everybody heard that. Oh, don't worry. I'll edit it out. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, because I, I think, you know, but, you know, remember kids, get, kids are always going to be kids, right? Um, and this woman's thirty, so get over it. <laughs> oh well, she seems like just just a, another uni, you know. Um, you know how young I looked in uni. Not like that. I was super. I looked super young. <laughs> but anyway. um, but but yeah, like um. So I, I think mm. it's always a bit of a the, the way I I I do agree with you. I don't, yeah, but I think that um, I would probably say that um. When it happens to someone in the class and so forth, you know, there, there are of course going to be sensationalisms, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so Karen has a sook and runs off. And I mean, okay, fair enough. You know, she just, she gets completely shocked, runs off and like kind of hides around a brick column. Um, Take a minute. Melinda comes up, right? So Melinda comes up to apologise. It's just it's interesting because we know Melinda's a psychopath, right? She doesn't realise that that's something people should, like, just choose to share with the, for themselves. You choose, you choose to share stuff about yourself. Why wouldn't you know that? But at the same time, this is what I liked, though. At the same time, Melinda doesn't seem to think she should conceal that about herself. Like, you should just accept this of me. So I mm. did like that. If you're going to look at it from that point of view, I don't mind that. You know what I mean? She's like, well, you should still treat me equally. So that was good. I like that. She's got yeah. balls. Um, but Melinda does apologise to Karen. And she's like, look, come and have a drink with me at the commercial. The commercial pub, John. <laughs> In Paran. In Paran. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I was on a meeting the other day with a couple of people from Sydney and they were saying Paran for a for a business thing, but they didn't know where it was. They just see it on a list, you know, of things I have to do. And they're like, um, Puran. And I'm like, where the hell's Puran? Puran. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, we have to build it and send it to Puran. I'm like, where are they saying? What is this? And I go, where's Puran? They're like, Victoria. I'm like, oh, you mean Pran? <laughs> no, you, should have kept, you, should, you should have just kept, like, and then when they oh, start they won't have. They won't have – taken that in they'll still continue to say puran because that's what they'll do um i love it she, she invites her to the commercial pub <clears throat> which is still there i think right yeah 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 but, 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 the, but the thing is like you know every um Some every man. inner city has got a commercial pub correct a pub called the commercial so um but uh, but i think definitely we know which one they're talking about yeah yeah um she's like come down have a drink with me at 7 30 Karen goes, oh, the lady I'm staying at won't approve. Like, she's still in that mode. Jeepers creepers, yeah. From when she was, like, do you remember when her mother visited her the first time and the only time in the jail? Hmm. And, like, she's like she's still in that mode, like mother knows best. You know when mother was like, sit up, speak up. Like, who cares what she thinks? Get out. Exactly. Anyway. And Melinda's exactly. like, oh, bugger off. She can, can stick it. She goes, to, she's like, okay, okay, I'm going to come. She goes to drop her books off at home. Marjorie, oh, for God's sakes, John. Marjorie has invited a super, no-nonsense, religious, older social worker over. She's about to rock up this woman. She's a Puritan, I would say. And she's been invited over to speak to Karen. 
<laughs> I got photos of her because I was losing my effing shit watching this woman. When when she comes in, right? Yes. <laughs> the so glasses are like thicker. <laughs> <laughs> she's a Poindexter, basically. She's a, she's Mate, a pencil pusher. It's thicker and than Nutella. Yes. You know, it's it's thicker than Nutella trying yeah. to go down a clarinet. But the, but the thing is, like, it's not so much like when they're introduced. Mm. You know, Karen says, "Oh, you go, how you going?" He goes. It's, it's just even get the chance to say that. It's just like, oh, it's such a, you know, you know isn't it, Karen? You know, it's such a, uh, you know, a, 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 yes. a hard world out there, Karen, you know, but yes. you're going to make it, Karen. Yes. And it's like, it was just like, you, oh, my God. It's like, get me out. As here. if you would know anything. And here's the thing. Social workers, like now, they don't preach to you. They work with you. They don't preach to you about how you should run your goddamn life. Like, you'd know. So, yeah, this – Oh, she killed me, man. She's wearing um. So anyway, Marjorie tells Karen to cancel her pub plans. I'm responsible for you, okay? No, you're not responsible for. You're not in control of her life. You're responsible for her, but you're not in control of her. This lady is wearing a that comes in the Puritan woman comes in with a purple skirt suit, full purple, frilly cream blouse. She doesn't accept a small sherry from Marjorie. And that's just rude, in my opinion. Marjorie has one anyway. <laughs> because, you know, it's a weeknight, you know, but it's like, for a special occasion. Yeah, well, you know, just fucking, I just can't. And it's just like, I, you know, I'm like, they, they, and they say they have a nip. And it's like, no wonder they have so many bottles of stuff in their place because they hardly get through it. I know, I know. Like nowadays, like, people will be guzzling that stuff. You couldn't, uh, ha- you couldn't right? No one has glasses that small. Like I keep saying, why would you? You have shot glasses, yes, but that's a different story altogether. Oh, I think they're special port glasses. Yeah, no, but like who's got those? Marjorie who's drinking Whitten. little bits of port every night? Little bit sippy, sippy, sipple. Marjorie Whitten. Yeah, Marjorie. Marjorie. And John, Miss Roberts. Should we start having a little sherry at the start of each podcast? I wouldn't stop at sherry. I would. Be I know. Easy. That's the that's the terrifying thing. If yes. we have a little. You and I will get a sherry glass. Go to the Chelsea Markets and find some old-ass sherry glasses. They're all there. Every, get them. The brown <laughs> ones. Get them. Like the, like the brown, <laughs> yellowy sort of ones. Yeah. Get two sherry glasses. I'll order a Dan Murphy sherry to go to your house, and I'll get yeah. one here, and we have them throughout the podcast. <laughs> at least one at the start and one halfway through. Do you remember, do you remember those what, those uh, bottles that were called Mac, like McHenry's, or, or, and, they, and they called it like McSherry? And it had like a picture of like Friar Tuck. No. On the... <laughs> what the hell is that? No, but I love it. Googs it. <clears throat> I think we should do it. I think we should start a tradition. And then everyone that listens to the podcast whenever you do, even if it's at 9.30 on the train, you have a sherry as well. It's the only way to get through this sometimes. So Karen goes to the pub anyway because she's like, I have to go. And I'm like, good on you, Karen. Get out. She orders a white wine. Now, when should I say it? Okay, at this point, I'm just telling everybody, it must have been cold in that bar. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah. I don't think Karen's wearing a bra, and if she is, she's just wearing one without padding, and you can see a nip play. It's great. The glasses. Okay, the white wine glass. How small was it? It was actually a serving glass, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a 370 mil. It was so small. And I'm like, we probably should go back to that again because we're all dying of alcoholism. And she's yeah. sipping this wine. I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> or is she doing it wrong? Who cares? Melinda offers Karen. So she's complaining to Melinda about her life, her living situation. Melinda offers Karen to move in with her. She doesn't have to pay rent. She just has to pay food and grog. And Karen's like, yeah, okay, brilliant. And I'm like, this can only get worse or maybe not. Who knows? But I'm thinking, does Melinda have that baby? Is she pregnant still? She doesn't care. I know she doesn't care. Because she's going like, to have the abortion. That, she, that, that's the is way she's she going thinks. to, though? That, I know, but what I'm saying is, so she obviously is very still, she's still confident she's going to get one. Because I'm like, imagine if Karen rocks up and all of a sudden she's renting a house with a woman and has a child, baby. Jesus. Oh. She but she still have more freedom than, That's than where true. she is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, 
So Karen only needs Jean's approval to move in with Melinda because, I don't know, Melinda's acquitted or some shit, right? Did you notice that Jean is moving out of Meg's flat? Yes. This is her last episode. Mm-hmm. And she just, all she's doing is packing up all her books and so says, basically, I was only what, ever in between stay anyway. So, so. No explanation. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I think you would probably, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's right to say that mm. perhaps the, you know, with everything that went on with Leanne, it was perhaps becoming strained. It was, it was too much. You couldn't, yeah, knowing yeah. that Leanne's going to go into that Wentworth. She was, uh, you know, like she was far left and Meg was far right. You know, yeah. that's how far they were apart on the whole sort of thing. And it's like, you know, she finally said no. And I think that that could be, um, yeah. yeah, the whole thing about moving out. So, yeah. And h- how's she going to feel being at Wentworth having to deal with Leanne if Leanne potentially goes in there? You know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think you think she's like, I'm pretty much done. Um, so she's moving out. Melinda visits Greg for an abortion appointment. So, you know, she returns. Now, there's a legal position that Greg takes with Melinda. And he basically says, if you abort the baby, it may be seen as perjury because you said you wanted the baby in your testimony in the court. So you could go back to jail. And then she's like, what? And I'm thinking, can't you just go to another doctor? Let's go to another doctor now. But she seems so fixated. Yes. This is half the challenge, isn't it? Getting past the challenge. Well, she's, you know, to quote our famous line, she did it to herself. She did it to herself. She's, um, you know, and Greg is the sort of one that, you know, even if she never sees it, you know, she, he will follow this through and report it to the authorities yep. because he sees it as a moral obligation. And, all and that he's hardened sort of up, right? Correct, correct. So, um, yeah, because mm. right now he's had a gutful of, of them. But why on earth, right? I, mm. I think she has a very good plan, you know, like yeah, regardless mm. of the um, – of what people think, you know, it's 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 a fair enough plan, you know. That she's you know used the pregnancy to get out of going to jail and all that sort of thing. As terrible as that sounds, yes. But but why wouldn't you go to a completely different doctor and say, look, I'm I'm pregnant and blah blah blah, and not go through any of that sort of stuff? None of it not will be, be spoken about. Oh, I tell you what. <laughs> just... I tell you what. I tell you what. Now, now, some sort of doctor that's probably listening to this will probably go, "Oh, hang on, there's a registry that they, you know, people Back sort then, of go through, and maybe it was, and they would have done a, a, a check or something like that." So, but I, I would say that this is that's probably it's like why go to doctor? It, it, it's almost like she's there to rub his face in it. That's that's the attraction for her. That's that's how close she is to the edge, you know. Of um, and she loves it. She loves that edge. Of, mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. a bad girl, you know, from being this to the, you know, walking that sort of tightrope that she could go to jail or she could get away with it. And the exhilaration of it all, like a lot of people that commit crimes, mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. what it is. So, Love it. <laughs> She's insane. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much, there's a lot, a lot happened. So I don't know what's going to happen, but. A few things have to finalise from this, right? Just one final thing about that last scene, the music. Yeah. The music at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. That was just dramatic. It, it, it's almost like <laughs> I think that we've – there has been – someone's bought a couple of records, right? And we've, yes. stepped, we've stepped up the music game, I think, you know, for these yeah. for these end uh, <laughs> <Yep>. cliffhangers. Someone, <laughs> someone is high-fiving that person. Like, yes, we are going to use – Banger, banger after banger. Yeah, yeah, love it. Just a final word on uh, obviously Jean Vernon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is the end of, of her. We don't see her again. Um, obviously, she goes on to do you know the odd movie, the odd yep. TV show, and and so and, forth. Um, and um, wedding celebrant. Yeah, that's what oh. she is now. Uh, somewhere in uh, in Queensland, we did try to actually make contact with her to get her see if she'll do an episode with us, but we never heard back. So, no. um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll find somebody oh, that, love that, that will uh, you know brave brave the cold to uh, you know one night to <laughs> to join us to do an episode because I I, I think that would be really cool to um, I reckon so have someone too. say hey so when this has happened what, what what's what's going on behind the scenes and 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 I'd so forth I think it'd be really great. Yep. 
yeah but also to to go through as we are doing and then uh, ask for their opinion like yeah yeah we've got 692 episodes to at least get one (laughs) to at least get one person in come on one of you ring us (laughs) no we understand how it works um yeah so episode 56 we're getting close to 60. <laughs> um, so, yeah, very good, John. Yes. Um, we will reconvene for 57. Listen in. Let's hope this audio file goes to plan and there are no issues. <laughs> and we don't <laughs> have to re-record issue, this. Issues. <laughs> issues, issues. Um, okay, well, let's leave it there then, unless you've got anything else. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just a little bit heartbroken. That's the last we'll see I of, know. of um, Gene Vernon. Um you're going to have to latch on to someone else. Well, I, it was Melinda Cross or oh, you know, yeah. the there's girl. another one that comes in soon, right? <laughs> oh, there's always someone. I'm waiting for the coat hanger lady. Oh, mate. I can't <laughs> bloody wait for coat hanger lady. I cannot wait for coat hanger lady. Yeah. It's one of the, one the, worst acted, uh, the worst acted scene in all of television everything. history. <laughs> A lot of everything. Of everything. It's the greatest. And we're we'll- both going to – yep. We'll, we'll get to that, and there'll be plenty of audio, I can tell you. Plenty of audio, and then I'm yeah. going to reenact it. Mm. Um, all right, then we'll leave it there. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, John. Um, I will say ta-ta. Hooroo. <laughs>